Hi, listeners. Welcome to the Grief Out Loud podcast produced by the Dougie Center for Grieving Children. I'm Janet Christofaro and wanted to give you just a little heads up as you listen to this episode, you'll be hearing references to our old name, which was Dear Ducky. So just so you don't get too confused, you're listening to the right podcast and we look forward to bringing you even more great content under the Grief Out Loud name. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dear Dougie podcast produced by the Dougie Center for Grieving Children in Portland, Oregon. I'm Jana DeCristofero. After over 30 years of listening to the stories of grieving children, teens, young adults, and adults in our grief support groups, we wanted to find a way to share with you what we've learned from them. Our podcast is a way to open up the often avoided conversation about grief. While we will all experience loss during our lives, when it occurs, Most of us don't know how to feel, how to talk about it, or what to do. So whether you're grieving a loss or wanting to support someone who is, we're here to explore and talk about what matters to you most in grief. Today I'm joined by Rebecca Hobbs-Lawrence. This is Rebecca's third time being on the podcast. And I asked Rebecca to join us um, because she is very well versed in talking about kids and teens and particularly craft activities and different creative ways for families who are dealing with grief. And today's episode, we're going to focus on the holidays, which I don't know about you, Rebecca, but how did they get here so fast? I don't know. I was last week, I was feeling overwhelmed by the fact that all of a sudden I wasn't ready. Well, I made the mistake yesterday afternoon (laughs) of driving to Target and I thought, why are all these people here at four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon? I know. And then it hit me. (laughs) They're all out already. (laughs) So... You know, families who come to our grief support groups, they're reflecting what's happening in the larger community. So what are some of the things that you're hearing from families about the holidays this year? Today, I think it's, they're happening right now for people. And Thanksgiving is kind of right around the corner next week now. And it seems like last week, I heard so many parents thinking all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I am not ready. It's here. We just got through Halloween. I just finished making costumes. Right. And school just started even. Like, how did this happen? And I think there's such an immense amount of pressure, too, around the holidays of wanting family rituals and being challenged by family rituals at the same time, of not wanting to do them again. It's sad. And so I think for a lot of families, there's just a really overwhelming feeling of the expectations other people have and that they have themselves, too, for the holidays. A lot of of questions around traditions, Traditions, what to keep, what to do differently. Absolutely. And making sure that it's fun for the kids. And I think that is a huge expectation that we put on ourselves, too. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on. So because we've been hearing that from families for so long, over the years, we've designed um, a holiday plan worksheet along with a tip sheet for just some ideas of how to approach the holidays and ways to take care of yourselves and ways to be there for your kids. So I'll link to that in the show notes. And that's kind of what we'll be referring to today. Um, But Rebecca, I wanted to start with a little bit of a personal story. Can you tell us a little bit about how the holidays maybe are going to be different for you all this year? They are going to be a bit different. Um, This year, um, my father-in-law just died um, early September He had battled leukemia and hepatitis for many, many years. And so um, we were hoping he would make it through this holiday season, that we'd have one last holiday season with him. That was not to be so. And so for us, it's um, really rethinking about our families and who goes where and how do we remember him when he's not physically here with us because he certainly has a huge presence in our lives. 
Even when he's not physically Even here. Even when he is not physically here. I saw a whole bunch of birds out at our bird feeders yesterday morning and thought, oh, I'm wondering if he's sending us the bird. He is an avid bird watcher. And frogs. He had frogs everywhere. He loved frogs. And one of the things we'd often get him for Christmas presents was some kind of really cute frog statue. And you know, Buddha frog and <laughs> you have a lot of pet fishing frogs frog. too? Or? No pet frogs, oh, okay. but they're all around his house. And uh, so we were at the backyard bird shop getting bird seed for all the birds that we have to feed now since he is not here to feed them. We are, we are taking part in that and um, found a frog ornament that's going to go on our tree this year. And it's just for us a way to keep him close and to remember him. And when we will put it up, we will share stories of him. I have fish ornaments on my tree for my father, cookie ornaments on my tree for my grandmother. This is a long-standing It's uh, a long-standing tradition. tradition. How do you talk to your kids about that? Um, they are so enculturated into <laughs> this now. When we go out, we're together, and just came up of like, oh, this frog ornament reminds me of your grandfather. And while we're in the store one of them will start sharing a story about him, you know, and they did this with my father and my grandmother too. And, and so it's just something like, oh, what about taking this one home? Does this feel like the right one to go home and be on the tree? Um, a lot of our ornaments have stories. Um, some of them are sad because that person is no longer with us. Um, but there's also ornaments of accomplishments and our own creations too. So I really like to think of our tree as a connection tree. Mm. in a lot of different ways. So for them, because those connections are just a huge part of our life anyway, that um, it's not unusual for them to have a, a Christmas tree ornament for those people who are no longer with us. Uh, they, they were born into this tradition. They were in born household. into this tradition. <laughs> they were. But I think it's a nice tradition that anybody can start. It can be something on an ornament. Actually, a really close friend had stockings, and it wasn't for anybody in particular, but she would cut out little felt symbols for different people that were no longer with them, um, close friends or other family members, and just tack on that little symbol onto their stocking. Mm. And it was that special stocking, and they would put notes in it, and sometimes people would come and actually put money and things into it, and they would be donations to charities. Then. And so that was a way that they, themselves and their family, yeah. remembered the person who died. Well, that's a new twist on that, because I've definitely heard of families who will hang a stocking or whatever the family's tradition might be. Not everyone does stockings and right. trees and presents, but they, whatever their tradition is, mm -hmm. they include something for the person in their life who have died. So if we go with the stocking one of hanging the stocking and then actually putting in small gifts that they wish they could have given to the person who died and then finding someone else to pass those on to or everyone in the family writing down memories or favorite stories of that person and putting it in the stocking right. and then reading them. On Christmas. Absolutely. I mean, there's lots of ways we can keep them close to us during the holiday season. So one thing that comes to mind is we have a bunch of ideas. And families <laughs> have a bunch yes. of ideas. What do you suggest for families, particularly like their first year going into the holidays? Because mm -hmm. not everybody wants to do the same thing. Right. So, you know, what do you suggest for families of how to navigate that piece of it? I think it's important before the real stress of the holiday starts that families can really sit down together and have it be fun and not have it be a serious talk, but to say, hey, let's get some Chinese food or pizza and sit down together and we're going to talk about the holidays. 
and you spoke about our holiday tip sheet and worksheet, and I think that's a great place to start so that families can say, what is, what's important to me? What's important to you? After my dad died, my mom wanted nothing to do with Christmas lights on the outside of our house, mm. <laughs> like nothing. But for my brother and I, okay, especially me, <laughs> that, <laughs> to be honest, it was dear. really, really important. I wanted, I wanted the outside of our house to still look joyful because the inside was really sad. And so um, we had an, a really great neighbor across the street who was willing to put lights on the front of our house for us because mm. my mom just couldn't. Like, she didn't want to get in the box. You know, so I think it's really important for families to sit together and say, well, that's really important to you, and I want to honor that, but that's really hard for me, and I don't know if I can do that. And then to find friends and family members who might be able to step in and support that way mm -hmm. because they want to. A lot of people, we hear that all the time. How can I help? How what can, can I, I do? help? Right. And so that's a great way the holiday season to show somebody you really care and you're really with them at this difficult time for them. And yeah, so you've got this piece of identifying what people's accepting, what our limitations or boundaries, such a hard thing. In right. Clear boundaries. Boundaries. And then reaching out to our support system and getting creative about how to meet everybody's needs and honor everybody's boundaries. Yeah. And I was thinking too, it's, there's, each family has their own set of traditions and mm -hmm. things that they do or don't do, but there can be ones that are very specific to certain people that may not be on everybody's radar. So, so helpful yeah. to sit down as a family because it may be, you know, for some families there's the holidays, but there's also traditions for what they do after the holidays yes. and that can fall off um, people's minds as well. So I'm saying for a lot of families, especially here in Oregon, because mm -hmm. it's rainy and gray <laughs> for the next nine months. Right. And we won't see it again until July. Right. So we see a lot of plans and vacations and trips for um, going to locations where the sun might actually be shining. Mm -hmm. And I, I've heard some families say, you know, we're just, we're skipping the holidays this year. We're just not going to engage with it. Right. Maybe next year we'll go back to it, but we're totally going to plan a trip for January to give us something to look forward to. It's not connected to the holidays. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be really important too. And the things might shift a lot that first year to take out your list again the following year. So maybe if this isn't your first year, it's your second or third year, and you've done things really different, I think it's still really important to come together as a family and talk about that. Like, what's working? What do we want to keep of our new traditions? And maybe there's some old traditions we want to bring back that we're a little further away from the loss, and it feels important, again, to incorporate them. So I think it's always helpful to have that open discussion. And what's interesting about that is if you do a plan whatever year you're in, mm -hmm. but if you do one now and you list all the things that your family has done in the past, then there's a record of it. Right. Because I was just trying to think, you know, my family's changed so much and moved <laughs> so much over the years. I don't even remember a lot of our holiday traditions. And especially for children who are really young, mm -hmm. when a parent or a sibling or grandparent or someone important in their family dies, they don't have a lot of those memories to draw from. So right. having that record that they could even go back to when they're a young adult or having a family of their own to say, Absolutely. oh, this is something my grandparents used to do. I would Absolutely. like to do that. And that can be a really grounding experience for them, too, to bring something back from a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. So write it down and then put it in the cloud just so you can find <laughs> it right. 20 years from now. You know, yep. And I actually have had some families who have taken, new pic taken pictures, have that incorporated into their photo album of their rituals now. 
Oh, of their new ones that they Of their new ones, oh, okay. too. Mm-hmm. So they're actually, instead of just writing them down, they actually have pictures of them. So they can go back and Doing these remember. different things mm-hmm. so that they actually can go back and look and be like, oh, yeah, that really was a good experience. Or, oh, no, wait, <laughs> right. that one, let's not do that one again. Right. Or what was the deal with Uncle Joe and the oranges? Right. I know there's something about <laughs> Uncle Joe and oranges, but I don't remember what that is. Right. Yeah. Or what have you heard from families who do kind of want to just skip the whole thing? What have you seen people do in terms of taking that route? What I have seen is if a whole family agrees to it, generally that family chooses something, an event, to do instead. I mean, most people don't choose just to stay at home and watch TV and play video games. Although that's okay if you do that. That could be, that could be. But what I have seen, though, is that families say, hey, let's in the morning go work at a soup kitchen. I've actually had a few families at the Dougie Center do that. Mm. Um, or As a way to kind of give back to give the community. Give back. Like, we don't really feel like we want to do that this year, but we want to give back to other people who are needing some extra support also. And that can feel really good. I've had families go to the Christmas Day movie, you know, mm. so they make that their event. Like, what are we? What movie do we want to go see? And they may go have lunch and go to a movie. And that's awesome. Some have gone to the beach just for the day even. You know, let's go pack the car in the morning and just take off. Get out, get some fresh air, get in a new environment. Absolutely. There's a walk along the beach, even if it's a stormy day. Just everyone knows Oregon's on the coast, so it's not unusual for us to take a day trip to the beach. But for those of you listening, maybe in Nebraska, you might have to find a different outdoor location to go to. something different. Something different. Something that's not in your everyday repertoire Mm -hmm. of, you know, having, being able to look with different eyes on a different scene. And I wonder, too, about families where there can be a huge amount of financial stress after somebody in their life dies, whether it was an adult Mm -hmm. or a child, if there's medical bills or other things that are lingering for people with financial stress. So coming up with things, it doesn't have to be something big, but maybe there's a discussion of, you know, we usually do a lot of gifts this year. We're going to go one gift per person or we're going to go, you know, volunteer or do something else. Scaling back. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe it's the gift that we're just going to get something that we want to do as a family together. Oh, like and a gift certificate for an experience, experience or something like that. Together, or yeah, what can we do as a family? Or being able to pick something, and especially if there's m- multiple kids, but maybe it's a gift that, you know, everybody's a name draw kind of thing. So I think there's some really creative ways to do some things. And one of the things I've heard from kids as it becomes one of their favorite presents is say it was a parent who died or even a sibling mm-hmm. who died and their caregiver is pretty stressed for time too, not just money. And so the opportunity to have one-on-one time with their adult can be oh, pretty wow. limited. So, yes. you know, like handwritten gift certificates or something that say this is for an hour of video game time with mom, or this is, you know, two hours of playing in the park with dad. Something that w- it, you really love to do. And then if your parent can just spend that time with just you doing that, mm-hmm. that is a phenomenal gift. And, and maybe a, and we have to turn our phones off too or something like right. that. Right. Like the attention, <laughs> not that everybody can turn their phone off, but to just really focus that attention. Uh, and that can be such a meaningful gift for kids. And I think it goes both ways too. Kids can think creatively like that too. And sometimes you see that in school, but you know, making that little certificate for your mom saying, I'll help unload the dishwasher can be a huge gift to a parent. Right. Which I was like, that was already my chore to kid, but here's your present <laughs> mom, I'll but, keep doing it. <laughs> but I'll do it without whining today. Right? <laughs> or less whining, maybe. <laughs> so Rebecca, you're also the coordinator of one of our, our newer avenues of support at the Ducky Center for families when somebody has an advanced serious illness, our mm-hmm. Pathways program. And I'm just curious, is there anything that you heard or know about that is a little bit different or something 
to consider for families out there listening maybe who are in that situation. For a lot of these families that we see right now in Pathways, this holiday season will be their last holiday season that they spend together. And they are acutely aware of that. And so for them that we talked about expectations, both on ourselves and what we think others are expecting of us, can be really huge for families who are at end of life because they want to make this a meaningful holiday season. And yet for um, our families that come that we see, they're exhausted. Mm. They're overwhelmed and they're exhausted from caretaking, from hospital trips and medical doctor appointments, and for kids who are both trying to be in school and do well and still attend to a parent who's dying and their caregivers. So for them, go easy on yourself. And we tell this to all of our families too, like be gentle with yourself and lower those expectations. Really slow down. And one of the best gifts was from one of our, our teen boys and his mother died before this holiday. But one of the things he was aware of because he wasn't sure was that he recorded her voice. What he really wanted was stories from her. Mm. And so he just um, plugged his phone in and recorded her sharing stories of memories of him, Little and his sister. And so those become those priceless gifts mm -hmm. that a parent can leave. So sometimes it's not about the making the biggest and grandest last holiday ever that they think it should be, mm -hmm. but it's those long-lasting gifts that your children and your other loved ones will cherish for a lifetime. Right. So if you're a parent or a caregiver or maybe you're a friend of a family of someone who's going through that, of just opening up that idea of recording the person or videotaping them or making a scrapbook together. Right. Mm -hmm. So we that's one of the things we do around the holidays, um, as well as other times, is helping those families create ways, meaningful connections that will be with their family members for years and years to come. Well, thanks so much for that. And, you know, we talked about no, saying no, saying and how no. setting limits and setting boundaries, particularly around the holiday season, because for anybody wandering through this time of the year, there can be so many invitations and so many social things to navigate and obligations. Um, are there other things that come to mind for self-care around this time of the year? I think just taking a few minutes for yourself, you know, um, one of the things I often tell adults with their kids is give kids bookends, a routine for the morning and a routine for mm. the night. And honestly, it's, I think it's helpful for us <laughs> as adults, you know, create our own bookends that every morning, even if it's two minutes of doing something that's just for us and right before we go to bed can be really powerful kind of makes everything in between like, okay, you know, I can do this because I know what's going to happen on these ends. Um, if it feels good to go out and be with friends for a while, do that. You know, don't feel like all your attention has to go towards your family during the holiday mm -hmm. season. I think there's another expectation that we have to make it so meaningful to our children and everybody else that we love and care about that we forget that we need to be recharged. And, and whether it's a quiet space and time or it's going out with a couple friends, they can just attend to us as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. So there's a level there of self-knowledge of what is recharging for you as an individual. Right. And it might be quiet or it might be a much more social activity. Right. Because there's a lot of cliches around self-care and there's the idea of like, if you just put enough bubble bath in the bathtub, <laughs> then that's great for you. But some people hate baths. And right. They are more nourished by interaction with people, like you said, or maybe they're more nourished by going for a walk by themselves. So, you know, checking in. And the other thing I've been thinking about mm -hmm. too is as adults, we practice this self-knowledge, we practice this self-care 
And then how to be transparent about that with the kids in our lives so that they can learn from our modeling. Not just that I see mom go running every morning, but she makes the connection for me that she's going running because that helps her do her job or that helps her be a more patient mom. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Rebecca. Um, I feel like we could talk about this topic for a long time. Um, So since we don't have time to go into all the details, again, I'll put in the show notes a link to our holiday plan worksheet, which will take families through step-by-step how to identify traditions that they want to keep, maybe new traditions they want to create, ways for self-care and obligations and events that they do want to say yes to or they don't want to say yes to. So you can look through all of that on the show notes. And if you are interested in learning more about the Dougie Center, you can learn a lot about us at our website, which is www.dou.org. You can also find us on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, And if you'd like to listen to any of our past episodes, you can find them on the website. And you can also find us in iTunes where you can uh, give us a rating or give us a review. So, Rebecca, thank you again for being here on the podcast. Thank you. And all of you listening, tune in next time for the next episode of the Dear Dougie podcast. Thanks for listening.